All right, hold on, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. We've been having difficulty connecting with Pastor Martins, so I'm just going to kill the music because uh, Pastor Martins can't hear it anyway. Fighting yes, to be you. free. <laughs> yes, Pastor yes. Martin, how are you doing? Okay. Good evening. Good evening, Pastor Eli, and uh, also good evening to our listeners. Yes. Doing very well, thanks. Just uh, in the cold and in the dark, <laughs> we again we are again in a very uh, 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 escalated um, cycling of power. Oh, with rolling blackouts throughout the country. Okay, oh, so maybe we might have a problem with our connection, if that's the case. But we'll we'll try to get through this one hour presentation. So. Yeah. We're, going, we're going to be talking about whether or not the, uh, the, the, the Bible predicts a third temple that, that needs to be uh, constructed for the second coming, right? And if it's, it's only the Jews who want this third temple built, and he's, he's certainly not going to come to any temple built by Jews, do you think? Uh, Pastor, if one understands the prophecies... Concerning the coming of the Messiah, uh, there is no need for a temple built with human hands. Yes. Okay, so I'm getting a message that there's no sound yet coming through. Okay, all right. So let me check my, uh, all right. Uh, okay, uh, 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 get me some sound, uh, Pastor Martins, to see if you're coming through. Yes, testing yeah. one, two, three, one, two, three. Okay, um, yeah, so maybe it's just because we got on a little bit late. Okay, uh, so uh, we'll, we'll re resume as if uh, we are. Okay, so okay, so we are, we are broadcasting. All right, so, yes. so I'm going to be quoting from this article, Insights into News and Prophecy. Now, this is by someone by the name of Isaac Khalil. Uh, so I don't know if he's a, uh, an Arab or what. But the question is, does Bible prophecy require a third temple to be built? And so just taking that question, how would you answer that question? Pastor, um, if the only reason why the third uh, temple must be built is for the purpose of uh, the prophecies regarding the uh, the Jews, right? They're Talmudic prophecies, right? Because there's not not any biblical prophecies along those lines. In fact, Paul says the the he's he's good. We're, we are the temple. We are the temple. Exactly. It, it's our bodies that are the temple, right? And it, it's a oh. reference back to what Jesus said. Uh, I, the, this this temple will be re revived after three days. Okay, he's talking about his own body. He's not talking about a literal brick-and-mortar temple. Exactly. In uh, Revelations 21, 22, um, that is after the descent of the new Jerusalem, John the Apostle said, And I saw no temple therein. Right. For Yahweh Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. Amen. Amen. Okay. But of course, the Jews don't believe in the New Testament. 
So let's cut them some slack and see. Well, maybe maybe there is something in the Old Testament that can be interpreted as a necessity for a physical temple needing to be built. Now, of course, the Jews say the, the reason they want this third temple is to reinstitute animal sacrifice. Exactly. The Noahide laws. Yeah. But there is no more animal sacrifice since Yahshua was the Messiah and did away with animal sacrifice. Yeah. Right? Exactly. This means that the Jews have to totally ignore all the prophecies of the coming prophecies of the coming of the Messiah and therefore cannot accept Jesus as the Messiah. Well, Pastor, uh, uh, I have a great reluctance in the in the use of the name Jesus. Oh, okay, uh, yeah, purely sure. Because of the, but what I wanted to say is that um, th- there are Jews or Edomite Jews that also believed in the time of a. Uh, Paul the Apostle, because it actually states that there were um, uh, there were Pharisees uh, from the from the sect of the Pharisees, or they were, if I can call it, the Edomites from the sect of Pharisees, right. who were also believers. So it's very possible for them to even believe in Yahushua the Messiah, but it is to no avail because. Uh, what the Messiah himself said was that he was merely sent, or he was only sent for the lost tribes. Now, I don't know of any prophecy in which Father Yahweh stated that the house of Jacob would go lost, or that the tribes of the house of Jacob would go lost. He never referred to them as the lost sheep, but he referred to them as being dispersed, Right. And that is a very important aspect. I, 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 I am of the opinion that when Yahushua Messiah stated in Matthew fifteen twenty four that he was not sent but to the dispersed sheep of the house of Jacob. You right. see, if if we con if we conclude that the house of Jacob or the twelve tribes have gone lost as the Edomite would want us to believe, then they have a gap of establishing a replacement for those lost sheep. Right. And that is where we're being deceived because Father Yahweh never said that we'd be lost. He said that his people would go in dispersion because, yes. and, and of course, dispersion is a concern. Right. Well, uh, I've yeah. done extensive word studies uh, on the word lost as it appears in the New Testament, and that comes from the Greek combination apolumi and apolumi means put put away in punishment in other words that means exiled to be exiled does not mean you have disappeared exactly yeah so that's what that word really means so yeah so any newbies listening uh, that is what that word actually means and so yeah we're never we've never been lost in yahweh's eyes we've been disobedient and he cast us out and he divorced the 10 northern tribes which is another way of saying exiled, mm. <laughs> right? But yeah, uh, we exactly. never disappeared from the earth. We're still here. Yeah. Are we not? <laughs> and I'm like, I received a massive um, revelation just yesterday morning. Okay. It's a portion of scripture that I've read so many times over and over and over that I've quoted so many times in my postings in uh, Facebook and on my yes. groups. 
right. especially in regard to Hamden. And yesterday morning, for some reason or the other, I started reading that portion again, but for other reasons for uh, than what I normally would read it for. And this is the revelation that I received. Okay. Yahweh said that he will, that his people will go by vessels, by ships. They will be taken to Egypt to be sold, uh-huh. but there will be no, no buyers and they will be slaves. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Well, okay. here's the go thing. Ahead. The whole, the whole of Africa was called Egypt. Right. And the Boers being shipped with the vessels of the Dutch East Indian Company to the Cape. Uh-huh. Was that not a fulfillment of that prophecy? Yeah, it sure was. Since the Boers, since the Boers arrived in the Cape, they have been sold over and over again as slaves and yoked as slaves and being the slaves of the East, uh, the, the Cape Dutch Afrikaners, for the past 365 years. And that to me is a total fulfillment of that prophecy in the history of the Boers. And yes. so much more that the, that the Boers would read Deuteronomy 28, 29, and 30, because um, chapter 30 starts off with the only way for the Boers or the House of Jacob out of the current predicament, which of course was the result of the disobedience of chapter 28's uh, uh, demands or Father Yahweh's laws as they are depicted in Deuteronomy 28 from verse 1 to 14, verse 15 onwards, all the curses that Father Yahweh stated that would befall his people for being disobedient is basically from verse 15 onwards. The rest of the chapter spells out the history of the Boers virtually to the T. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. Okay, so uh, yeah, let's get into it. Uh, so the author says, uh, why, why in the world uh, we should believe in a third temple and again, this is Isaac Khalil. The Bible talks about sacrifices resuming in Jerusalem, but does this mean a temple must be built there for an end time prophecy to be fulfilled? Many believe so, but what does the Bible say? Well, actually, the Bible does not talk about sacrifices resuming in Jerusalem when, once the Messiah has fulfilled his mission as the Paschal Lamb. So the Bible says nothing exactly. about it. Okay. This is Jewish teaching, and it comes from the, the Mishnah and the Talmud. It does not come from the Bible. Okay, and so this third temple exactly. issue, this third temple issue, is extremely important because so many uh, Judeo Christians have been buffaloed. Buffaloed is an American expression for being deceived, right? <laughs> have been buffaloed into believing that a third temple buffooned. is... Nec- yeah, right. Yeah, but that's what it is. Buffooned into believing, right? And so let's continue here. For years, the Temple Institute in Jerusalem has been preparing the implements and materials needed for a third temple. 
In 2015, they completed an altar needed to restart sacrifices and performed a reenactment of the Passover sacrifice. In 2017, they performed a sacrifice near the Temple Mount, a controversial act that resulted in some being arrested. But this year, they were given permission to perform a reenactment of the Passover sacrifice at the foot of the Temple at the foot of the Temple Mount. So this is dated. Oh, what's the date on this? Because uh, uh, this might have been a while ago. 2018, June 25th, 2018. So the the Jews definitely intend on having a third temple rebuilt so they can perform animal sacrifices in that temple. And the, the Christian Zionists are cheering them on, right? Don't they know anything about the Bible? That Jesus was the last sacrifice? Okay. Well, go ahead. Also, with um, if, if if one follows history, as it is stated outside of the scriptures, it follows very close to what is being described in the scriptures. Yeah, in the, in the New Testament. Hello. Yeah. No, we can hear you. Well, even even in the um, uh, in the uh, uh, prophecies. Of the Old Testament. Yes, yes. Okay, well, here, uh, let me uh, say another thing here, quote another paragraph here, because uh, th- this gives us an insight on t- as to why organized Jewry uh, wanted Donald Trump to put the capital in Jerusalem. And I think it's, again, to buffalo the Judeo-Christians even more, okay, because they, they supported Donald Trump and if Donald Trump goes to Jerusalem with his beady on and bows before the temple of Herod the Great, the Edomite, the Great Edomite, <laughs> Herod the Great Edomite, and uh, and then follow his lead, that would uh, embellish the Jewish teaching that a third temple in Jerusalem would be built. Okay, so he says, since President yeah. Donald Trump announced that the U.S. Embassy would move to Jerusalem, some Jews have felt emboldened to continue their push to build a third temple and restart the sacrifices. President Trump has been likened to King Cyrus by Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu for moving the embassy. The Temple Institute has even minted coins representing the half-shekel required for the upkeep of the temple, Exodus 13-15. The coin shows Mr. Trump's image imposed over King Cyrus with the temple on the opposing side. Wow! Wow, your comment. Yeah. Yeah, Costa, <laughs> I think it very clearly defines who's going to be playing a very important role in the great deception in the end days. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so I'm going to share another link here with people in the chat room because I want to find out if there is any Old Testament rationale for a third temple and so here's the link this is called why jews don't believe in jesus and the author this is rabbi shraga yeah shraga simmons okay oh yeah sure yeah yeah i'm using the term jesus because most uh 
yeah, Christians outside of identity use that name. But, but yeah, we, we preach uh, the name of Yeshua. Absolutely. Okay. So here's the yeah. list given and, by. And also, Go ahead. And also, if they refer to the scriptures, they will find not Yahushua, but they will find Jesus. So, um, yes, right. Of course, uh, people who have uh, rediscovered the identity, the true identity, identity will know that the uh, actual scripture actually states Yahushua. Right, that's right. That's correct. Right. And uh, the word Jesus is actually a translation of a translation <laughs> from the original Aramaic to Greek to English. And there was no, uh, there was no Greek word even remotely similar to Yeshua, right? They, they chose Christos, which means anointed. Yeah. Okay. So it has, well, it, yeah. Also, it's been Hellenized. Yes. Um, I don't think if you're aware of the fact that the, uh, the Dutch Staten Bible still has the center S as a Z. Really? Okay. Yes. So, uh, uh, Jesus. So you pronounce the hard Z. Jesus. Jesus, yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah, and uh, even the, the Druids, uh, who were actually Le- Levitical priests, but paganized ones, uh, knew of the prophecy. They were anticipating someone by the name of Yezu as a Messiah. Okay, <laughs> right? So here's what the rabbi hmm. has to say. Four, four, four reasons why the Jews do not accept Jesus. One, Jesus did not fulfill the Messianic prophecies. Two, Jesus did not embody the personal qualifications of the Messiah. Three, biblical verses referring to Jesus are mistranslations. Four, Jewish belief is based on national revelation. Well, of course, all four statements are false. And Jewish belief is not based Mm. on national revelation. It is based on the Talmud and the Mishnah. All right? Exactly. For those of us who may know better. So, point number one. Jesus did not fulfill the Messianic prophecies. A, specifically, the the Bible says he will, of the Messiah, A, build the third temple. And this is a reference to Ezekiel 37, 26 through 28. So, I would ask everybody if they have their Bibles handy, or Esau, let us turn to Ezekiel 37, 26 through 28. And see what those verses say. And I have up here right right now, Ezekiel 37.26. Moreover, I will make a covenant of peace with them. It shall be an everlasting covenant with them. And I will place them and multiply them and will set my sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore. So based on that verse... My sanctuary in the midst of them forevermore, and he includes the next two verses. My tabernacle also shall be with them. Yea, I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And verse 28, and the heathen, or the nations, shall know that I, Yahweh, do sanctify Israel when my sanctuary shall be in the midst of them forevermore. Okay, so he's interpreting these three verses as the sanctuary in the midst of them. And that's assuming as a, temple. as a temple. He's assuming that's the case. But this is a barefaced mm. assumption because picking up let's start let's put this in context. The Jews are good at taking stuff out of context and so so are the Judeo Christians, right? Ezekiel thirty seven, exactly. 
15, let's start the passage. This is the context, folks. The word of Yahweh came again unto me, saying, Moreover, thou son of man, take thee one stick and write it upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph, the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. Okay, so this is the two sticks prophecy, which is about the all 12 tribes, the two houses coming together and becoming one stick in his hands. Your comment. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly, Foster. In fact, that is also one of the prophecies which uh, Sina von Rensburg spoke about the Boers that had been divided between the two republics, the Republic of Transvaal, and the Republic of Free State, which also represents the two houses of the House of Jacob. Right, exactly. So this prophecy is actually referring to the fact that all 12 tribes will become as one stick in Yahweh's hands, which is something the Jews absolutely deny. They claim to be the only tribe left. They never were a tribe. But they claim only one tribe is left, and that, those are the tribe of Judah, which they claim falsely to be, right? So yeah. the context of uh, this uh, passage, uh, go ahead. Sorry. Yes. You, you made a very, very important statement, but you only um, you rushed, you rushed through it. You yes, I did. You actually emphasize that. Uh, don't you want to just say that again about okay. – um, all 12 tribes will be reunited as one. Yes. And yes, not just the house of Yehuda, because that is particular in particular the name which they have yes, assumed. Um, yes. Derogated to, uh, <laughs> to uh, Judah. And of course, pronouncing Judah, uh, neglected Dar becomes Jew, and that is what they have been clinging on right. as their title or their name, their national name. Yes, and of course we know that in uh, Revelation 2, 9 and 3, 9, those people who say they are Judah and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan, right? So they're the ones exactly. who have assumed the name for themselves by deceit, by identity theft. Okay, so let me read the passage again. And exactly. Yes. Moreover, thou son of man, and this is how uh, the angel of Yahweh refers to Ezekiel, thou son of man, being the direct descendant of Adam, is how Ezekiel is being referred to here. Take thee one stick Mm. and write upon it for Judah and for the children of Israel, his companions. Then take another stick and write upon it for Joseph the stick of Ephraim, and for all the house of Israel, his companions. All right? So because there were Israelites, Israelites, attached to the house of Judah, as we all know, but then the ten northern Mm. tribes were dispersed, as you correctly pointed out earlier, into Europe, into Parthia, and basically all over the world, wherever you find the Anglo-Saxon, Celtic, and Caucasian people, that is where you will find these two groups of people. Okay? Exactly. Okay. So the question being is when did this unification take place? That took place with 
the birth of the rather the, the death of the Messiah. Absolutely, that's the only possibility, because it was that mm. in which all twelve tribes were forgiven of their past sins on that day. So this is not a reference to a third temple at all. It, this is reference to the crucifixion. Exactly. That this, that's well, well, one one of the manifestations of um, Yeshua uh, calling out Yellowy Lama Sabatani, and of course the Telestai, it is finished, was with the um, resurrection of those that had died beforehand, because we see that they were the graves had opened and the people were seen in the cities. And then again, remember that Yeshua said that he was going to preach to the those in the abyss or those that had been held in the in death. Yes, he would preach to those, and with his resurrection again, there were graves that opened. Yes. In, yeah. in other words, it was, and it was not just those from the house of Judah, but those from the house of Jacob. Amen. Yeah, all of Jacob, house of Jacob being all 12 tribes. And let me jump down to verse mm. 21 and say unto the people of Israel, telling Ezekiel to say unto the Israelites, thus shall Yahweh uh, Elohim behold, I will take the children of Israel from among the heathen, from among the nations, whither they be gone, that's uh, the Greco-Roman world, and will gather them on every side and bring them into their own land. And I will make them one nation in the land upon the mountains of Israel. And one Now, the mountains of Israel is wherever we Israelites are. It's not a reference to Palestine. And one king shall be king to them all, and they shall be no more two nations, neither shall they be divided into two kingdoms any more at all. Wasn't this accomplished at Calvary? Exactly. Yes. So this prophecy, the two sticks prophecy, is about Calvary and the two dispersed houses of Israel being reunited. Because all 12 tribes had their sins forgiven at Calvary, not just the Jews, as if they were the only tribe, Right. Okay, so this interpretation of Ezekiel 37, 26 through 28 can be easily disproven as being about a physical third Mm. temple. There's no physical third temple mentioned in these verses at all. That's just the rabbi's interpretation. That's just the rabbi. Okay, yeah, back to you. Well, Pastor, verses 27 and 28, basically, uh, again, the same error is made where uh, they also interpret the um, tabernacle of Yahweh, uh, which of course was occurred with the rendering of the uh, curtain between the the temple and the Holy of Holies, which means that instead of the priest having to enter into the Holy of Holies, Yeshua has now become the High priest Amen. who entered who entered at the moment of his death he entered right. that um, that presence of Yahweh in which he could now uh, present his own blood for our sanctification. Right. Yeah, and so 
Paul says very specifically that we Israelites are the temple, right? First uh, yes, Corinthians, First Corinthians sixteen nine, six nineteen. Do you not know that your body is a temple? <laughs> right? Our bodies are the temple yeah. of God. Not no stinking brick and mortal temple, mortar temple. Yeah, <laughs> we're we're supposed to give up our mortality as well, right? So let me quote the whole verse here. Uh, do not be bound together with unbelievers, Jews. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple with God's idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as Yahweh said. Mm. Okay? So, this is this statement of the rabbi is easily disproven. Okay? So, uh, getting back to this article we started out with, under the heading of Resuming of Sacrifices. Again, there's nothing, there's nothing in the Christian Bible that talks about resuming sacrifices after Yahshua's crucifixion. There's nothing in Scripture. Also, there's nothing in the... Uh... There's nothing in the Hebrew scriptures about that either. That's correct. Because Yahshua is the last sacrifice. And this should emphasize yes. for all Judeo Christians listening that the Jews will never accept Jesus. Never. Because as we're saying here, just just go online and type in why Jews don't believe in Jesus. Just type that in. And you'll get dozens of answers from Jews why they don't believe in Jesus. But they object. Mm. Well, but Jews are God's chosen people. Therefore, they will convert. No, they won't, because they're not God's chosen people. They're Edomites, Canaanites and Khazars. They're not Israelites. We have to repeat this theme until they finally get it, that the Jewish people are not the Israel of God. They are the synagogue of Satan. Exactly. Okay? Right. So, oh, well, even, even Paul... I had a problem that um, with these fakes, and when he said, I think it's in Romans 3, uh, 3.23, if I'm not mistaken, he actually says, not all out of Yisrael are of Yisrael. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, you have to be, uh, well, as, as it states in Revelation 12.17, you have to have the obey, uh, commandments of God and the faith of Yahshua Messiah. And if you don't have those yeah. two, then uh, you are not a true Israelite. Your, your your place in the kingdom is not assured. So we have to make yes, a distinction. Uh, yeah, the, the the remnant, we are the remnant. We we obey the commandments of of Yahweh, and we have the face of His Son Yahshua Messiah. You have to have both, mm. right? And if you're a Jew, mm. you don't have Yahshua Messiah. Period. Okay, yeah. so 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 this this is obviously bad uh, bad interpretation by the rabbi, right? Really bad interpretation yeah. by the rabbi. But, but it's just proof for Judeo Christians listening that the Jews will never accept Yahshua as their Messiah. Why? Mm. Because they, he is not of their blood. 
He said, ye, speaking to the scribes and Pharisees and the Sadducees and the Sanhedrin, he said, ye are not my sheep. Mm. My sheep hear my voice and follow me. As imperfectly as we do follow him, right? Nevertheless, only, only we Israelites hear his voice. The Jews absolutely refuse to listen. So this idea that uh, the third temple needs to be built because the Bible demands it is absolutely a false idea. Totally false. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and and uh, of course, um, with the building of the third temple comes a number of other things as well. The the coming of the Jews Messiah, which of course would be the anti Messiah. Right. The false Messiah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, Romans, yeah. Rome, Go ahead. Paul writes in Romans 9, verse 6, Not as though the word of Yahweh hath taken none effect, for they are not all Yashorel which are of Yashorel. Uh-huh. Romans 9, 6. He very clearly states that he had the same problem that those that, um, uh, of course, the Edomites... Uh, purporting to be from the house of Jacob, right, and even purporting to believe. I mean, we see that even um, uh, noted by uh, Doctor Luke in the book of um, uh, the book of Acts. Right. Absolutely. Well, uh, John the Baptist had the same reaction when the Sadducees and Pharisees came unto him to be yes. baptized. He said, "What are you guys doing here?" How can you escape the damnation of hell, <laughs> right? Exactly. He could see right through their act. Yeah. They were just posing publicly, claiming to believe because that's what they needed to do before the public. Yeah. But but even so, Pastor, that, that particular piece of scripture is very important because it basically states that without being baptized, you are bound for rejection. That's right. Even to the house of Jacob. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so, now, a lot of people have asked me, is baptism absolutely necessary for salvation? And I say, well, there are a lot of unbaptized Israelites who are very good people and who have done their best to be good Christians, and maybe Yahweh will accept them. So it's uh, it's just really a question of, do you accept your uh, sainthood as a as a blood blood covenant Israelite? Do you accept that? Well, then then you should be baptized because that's the outward sign of yeah. of that relationship. Okay, the acceptance of the covenant. Yeah. And of course, the Jews will never be baptized. Yeah. All right. Or well, if they do. They would want to be baptized because of the showmanship or the sh- the, right. the, the show worth of it. Yes, and if it's not outwardly, done, yes, as, outward outward show exactly. And if it's not done with inward repentance, it does not count either. Right? Exactly. Okay. So there are specific qualifications here. So returning to the article, resuming of sacrifice. Where does it say anything about that? After the collapse of Alexander the Great's empire, his kingdom split into four smaller empires under his generals, Daniel 8.8. 8. 
a ruler named Antiochus Epiphanes rose to power in the Seleucid Empire. He ruled over the Judahites and outlawed worship of the true God. He stopped the daily sacrifices and offered unclean sacrifices to pagan gods instead. And I don't know if he talks about sacrificing a pig, <laughs> right? He actually sacrificed yeah. a pig on the well, altar. That was, that was what um, uh, Josephus, um, um, yes, Epiphanes, Epiphanes uh, actually did. He sacrificed on the temple's altar a pig. Yes, right. And of course, he exalted himself as the god of the temple. Yes, yes. And so uh, I guess our people have been eating pig ever since. <laughs> Some of us, anyway. Anyway, the, he continues, mm. this event is discussed in our article, Abomination of Desolation. Yeah, that is referred to as the Abomination of Desolation. However, that phrase is also used in the book of Revelation. Okay, mm. because there's a new abomination of desolation. Who wants to sacrifice? And as uh, uh, Brother Sussex Man says in the chat room, what the Jews intend to sacrifice in their third temple is us mm. via the Noahide laws, right? That's what they expect to do, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then he says, Jesus pro prophesied that this historical event would also have a f future fulfillment. In the end times, a despotic ruler, king of the north, would stop the daily sacrifices again. Again? No. Where does, where, does, where does that exist? Where does that exist? Uh, oh, he's referring back to Daniel. Now, first of all, it's a misrepresentation to say that Jesus prophesied that this historical event would, would occur. I have a future fulfillment. Mm -hmm. He does not refer to any New Testament verse. He refers back to Daniel 12.9. Yeah. Okay. So let's go to Daniel 12.9. And I don't know, are you aware of Yahshua prophesying anything about future sacrifices? It's not possible. Well, firstly, what he said was that he had given himself to be the final sacrifice, the yes. eternal sacrifice. In fact, all the sacrifices of human, uh, sorry, of animals for the sake of the humans, um, uh, 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 well, the the forgiveness of right. sins yeah. can only can only be with the shedding of blood, That's and right. every sacrifice of every animal since the uh, the the uh, going into the promised land up to the time of Yeshua's death, every sacrificial action had actually been appointed to Yeshua's death. Yes, it was. There was, the atonement was given by virtue of the blood that was shed, but it was appointed to Yeshua for, for uh, how can I say it? It, it was, uh, uh, in Afrikaans, we say it's a yin, it, it is a forementioning or a forepointer a to the sacrifice that Yeshua would be. Exactly the same as... Um, uh, Abraham's sacrifice of Isaac, uh -huh. it shows that Father Yahweh wanted to show to a Abraham that one day, as Abraham was willing to sacrifice Isaac, Isaac as a um, demonstration of his obedience to Yahweh, 
in exactly yeah. the same way, but there was, of course, there was a replacement, and that replacement shows to the sacrifice by uh, of animals and the shedding, shedding of animal blood in the stead up to right. the point when Yahweh would sacrifice his own son or have his own son as a sacrifice for the redemption of the people of, uh, well, of his people. Right, right. Okay, so this author, let me scroll up and uh, get his name again. It is Isaac Khalil. All right, so he claims that Daniel 12.9 is a reference to a future, and it's, it's, he says, in the end times, a despotic ruler, namely king of the north, would stop the daily sacrifices again. Okay, so who is the king of the north? Since there is no such thing as a future temple, physical temple prophesied by Yahshua himself, you'll not find that anywhere. Mm. So he's interpreting Daniel according to his own interpretation and is assuming that maybe he's thinking of Gog, <laughs> right, as king of the north. Yeah. But isn't it more correct to suggest that the king of the north is Caesar? Or is it possible that the king of the north would be the Khazars? That That's also true. Gog, right? That would be Gog, right? Gog. But the fact yes. is, the, the sacrifices, because Yahweh himself, had, and, and Paul refers to this, Paul refers to the fact that the Romans would come and destroy the temple. Right. Exactly. So it was the and Romans. Yeah, go ahead. The, the year 70, that was in the year 70 was um, uh, the uprising of the Judeans. Amen. Which many people believe were, were the house of Jacob. Yeah. The house of Jacob was, in fact, enticed by the Edomites to, um, to yeah. actually uh, uh, tease the Roman, the, the Edomites of Rome. Right. Because of the way in which they dealt with the people of Judah. Right, right. That's and, actually, yeah, go ahead. Finish your thought. And with that enticement to stand up against the authority of the Romans, what the house of Jacob actually did, they fell for this uh, conspiracy that was, um, uh, take, uh, that had taken place in advance between the Edomites of Judea and the Edomites of Rome. Yes. People don't realize this. I, I, I right. discovered a book that actually covers that in detail. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the uh, Babylonian moneylenders were firmly in place in exactly. Rome in those days, right? And they, they had an alliance going way back with the Edomites, going back to the day when the Assyrians abducted the 10 northern tribes with a whole bunch of Judahites and Benjaminites as well and put, put them yeah. in Assyria, right? But uh, who did hmm. they replace them with? Sepharvaim. Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> from, from Babylon. Yeah, from yes. Babylon. Okay. So that's where all the money lending practices came from, from the Sepharvaim, because the Israelites never had a bank. Exactly. In the whole history of the Old Testament, we never had a bank. We would lend yeah. money to each other, but we did not have a building where we would lend money to people. That did not exist. There was no usury. 
No, there wasn't. Well, there was to some extent, but that was in violation of Yahweh's laws. But the Jews never yeah. worry about that, <laughs> right? The it Jews. Spotted, it was spotted in magic. Yes, it's part of the magic. Yeah, mystery Babylon. So where did this where did this money mm-hmm. lending uh, operation come from that existed in, in the temple or on the temple grounds when Yahshua took that whip and drove the money changers out yeah. of the temple? Right, right. So it's very clear since you know this guy Khalil has no comprehension of the fact that the Romans were in fact Israelites descended from Zara Judah, and that this king of the north is actually Rome under the command of the Caesars, who were in fact descendants of Zara Judah. They were Israelites, but they didn't know it. Okay, and but Paul knew it. Paul, Paul told them in the book of Romans, he said, you are a broken off branch. But uh, most of the Caesars, uh, as far as I have it, the Caesars were of Edomite descent. Okay. Well, uh, I, I, I'm not sure about that. Uh, they, uh, th- I think that's a, a recent claim that has been made by the Jews themselves. <laughs> right? But uh, certainly uh, Rome was infected by Edomite moneylenders. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Okay. But the Romans, uh, the people, the Roman people were in fact derived from Zarajudah. So when the Romans under Titus came and destroyed the temple, that was the fulfillment of this prophecy of the king of the north. Right? And yeah. this was Yahweh's doing. Yahweh himself ended the daily sacrifices and put the Jews, Jewish sacrifice business out of business, right? Exactly. From that day forward, the Jews yeah. have not had possession of the temple. And the reason why the curtain, a gigantic curtain was like 30 or 40 feet high, was rent in twain during the earthquake, was to reveal the fact that the Ark of the Covenant no longer existed in there, no, no longer resided yeah. in there. And so... Yahweh didn't want these filthy, grubby Edomites to get their hands on the Ark of the Covenant, yeah. right? So he had the Ark of the Covenant removed from the temple, uh, you know, during the days of Jeremiah. So, yeah. so what are they going to do without the Ark of the Covenant? <laughs> All right, nothing. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, no wonder they still want to um, sacrifice uh, animals. Because there is no other sacrificial blood for their remission of their sins. Right. Right. Yeah, so this uh, author is really conflating Daniel horribly, just as the uh, Jew, Rabbi Shraga Simmons, conflated Ezekiel 37.26 horribly. So let's look at the Mm. context of Daniel chapter 12, because... The Christian identity reading of Daniel 12 is entirely different from the Judeo-slash-Jewish reading, okay? So let's start at the beginning. Well, we only have about 10 minutes left. So he's talking about the end times here. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince which standeth for the children of thy people, which can only be Israel. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as never was since there was a nation, even at the same time. And at that time the people shall be delivered. Everyone shall be found written, everyone that shall be found written in the book. 
Okay? So, mm-hmm. are the Jews experiencing a time of trouble today? No. No, absolutely not. Exactly. Yeah, they rule the world. We're the ones. This yeah. is the time of take Jacob's trouble. And we're the ones in trouble. Yeah. Thanks to the Rothschilds and the international Jew. Verse 2, And many of them sh- that sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Yahshua repeats this in the Gospels. He said, Some will be resurrected to eternal life, others to eternal damnation. I mean, I mean, he quoted these. Yahshua is directly quoting this when he says that. All right? Yeah. And they that be wise shall shine as the brightness of the firmament, and they that turn many to righteousness as the stars forever and ever. Okay? So our job is to turn our people back to righteousness. Are the Jews doing mm. any such thing? No. <laughs> no? Right? That's a simple one-word answer. It's the truth. No, the Jews will never return Israel back to righteousness, not as long as the Talmud is their heart, the heart and soul of Judaism. Okay, which it will be until it yeah. is ultimately destroyed because the Bible prophesies the total destruction of the Edomites in many places. Okay, yeah, exactly. So, but thou, okay, Dan- just go something ahead. Else. Yes, uh-huh. something else is um, also with the uh, so-called seventh month um, feasts. Um, remember, I've mentioned before about this book that uh, I discovered in an archive that was very uh, deeply hidden. Right. I searched for that particular uh, uh, evidence for some time before I could lay my hands on it, but I have it. Right. That the, um, that the, uh, the 12th month uh, feast and a, a first month feast was moved to the seventh month to correlate with the calendar of the East. Okay. But there's something else to it. There's also, one can see in this in our scriptures, that the Temple of Solomon was inaugurated in the seventh month. Okay. But it is clearly indicated, it is clearly indicated that there was no seventh month feast evident in the um, in what the scriptures depict of that um, uh, inauguration of the temple, the second temple of Solomon, right, and uh, the reconstruction thereof, but that was uh, sorry, not the f- second temple, but the first temple that was, right, uh, that was inaugurated by Solomon, and that was, and that was in the seventh month. Okay, but there was no evidence of any feast other than the inauguration of the of the temple. But I have a feeling that the feasts that had been moved to the seventh month are in uh, this for us to be deceived into right. believing that the inauguration of the third temple will be, in fact, um, a, a, uh, it, it will be deemed to be scriptural because of the seventh month feasts. Right. Well, but it uh, will, of course, be a, a deception. Well, the Jews say that the seventh month is the beginning of their secular year, right? 
But there's no such division, as to your point, there is no such division of the year in Scripture between a holy year and in a Hebrew second. Scripture. Yeah, in Hebrew Scriptures, yeah. There is no such division. Yeah. That, that is, again, Jewish fiction. All right? That's, that's what they teach yeah. in the Talmud. But, yeah, with about seven minutes yeah. left, now he refers, but thou, O Daniel, shut up the words and seal the book, even to the time of the end, Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. So, in other words, this book will not be understood until the end times. The full meaning and significance of this book that Daniel had written will not be understood until the end times. Again, this has nothing to do with the third temple. Exactly. As this uh, false Judeo-Christian author implies. It has nothing to do with that. Then I, Daniel, looked, and behold, there stood other two, the one on this side of the bank of the river and the other on that side of the bank of the river. And one said to the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, how long shall it be till the end of these wonders, right? And we're not told mm-hmm. in Daniel how long this is going to take. It's just going to take a long time. You know, we're clearly, we're in those times yeah. right now, right? Because we're in the days of uh, Jacob's trouble. Of this, there is yeah. no doubt whatsoever, all right? So it's talking mm. about the transitioning from uh, our, our state as disobedient Israelites to the state of the remnant that enters the kingdom. Yeah. That's what this is talking about. It has nothing to do with Palestine, <laughs> right? And I heard... Absolutely not. Yeah. I heard the man clothed in linen, which was upon the waters of the river, when he held up his right hand and his left hand unto heaven, and swear by him that liveth forever, that it shall be for a time, times and a half, when he shall have accomplished to scatter the power of the holy people, Mm. whose power has been scattered in these end times. The Our, house of Jacob. Amen. The Jews are full of power. They are all powerful in these end times. As Paul said, Satan shall appear as an angel of light, right? And fool the people, yeah. right? So the scattering of the power of the holy people, then all these things shall be finished. So here's another indication that we are definitely in the very end times. Not much time left because Mm. our power has been scattered all over the place. Well, you could take this literally to mean, Pastor Martins, that the power, Mm. the military might of the Israel people, which was at its height right after World War II, uh, Germany being excluded and Russia being excluded as well, that uh, the power of the holy people was scattered by those two world wars. And that's when the Jews took over the World Bank, the United Nations was created, etc., etc. So this is telling us yeah. that when our power is scattered, Jewish power will uh, be in the ascendancy as prophesied by Isaac to Esau. So once, yeah, exactly. Yes, once you understand how these prophecies are intertwined, there is no mistaking who Israel is. We are Israel and the Jews are Imposters, okay? But Daniel yeah. says, I don't understand. You know, I heard, but I understood not. Then said I, oh, my Lord, which is what? Uh, Adonai. What shall be the end of these things? How is this all going to end? And he said, go thy way, Daniel, 
for the words are closed up and sealed till the time of the end. Okay, so the reference that to the words being closed up till the time of end have nothing to do with the third temple. There's no mention of a third exactly. temple here at all, as the author suggests. Okay, what's, what's done away with is our understanding. We won't know what this is all about until the time of the end. Pastor Martins, do we grasp what all this is about in these end times? Well, Pastor, uh, something that I wanted to also mention at this point is Gen- uh, Genesis twenty-five, twenty-three, uh, when uh, Rebecca stood was um, the in- embattlement between the two in her womb. Uh, she went and she consulted with Yahweh, and she said, "If it be with, uh, if it be so, why am I thus?" Right. And Yahweh said unto her, two nations are in thy womb, and yes. two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels." And that separation means that they will be separate. That's right. They will never be united as, as never, one. Exactly, because there's no way the Edomites want to live among us. They want to destroy us. Well, they want to live among us so that they can assimilate us right. in order yeah. that they might kill yeah. us. Uh, until and, the and day. Then, yeah. Yes. Until the day that they have and absolute then, power, which they have today. And then Father Yahweh says, and the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. Yes, Esau shall serve Jacob. Until, well, but, but. No. No. Go ahead. Finish your thought. Remember that uh, when, when, um, when, when Moses met with Yahweh at the burning bush, Yahweh said to Moses, well, after the initial, when Moses had gone back and, and reported on the events that had taken place, Yahweh said to Moses, go and tell Pharaoh that Yasharel is my firstborn. Oh, okay. With Yahweh. Well, in, in other words, Yahweh, Yahweh sees Jacob as his firstborn. Well, yeah, because, well, why? Before. Because Esau despised his birthright. But uh, physically... Or alternatively... Yeah. Alternatively, okay. Jacob was conceived first, in these or second. But the important thing is that the elder shall serve the younger. We're sitting with a situation where the elder, Esau, yes. had been serving the younger for the past 150 years or even yeah. longer. Yeah, until the uh, Battle of Waterloo... When the Rothschild Edomites took over the planet, now we are serving them. All right? Okay, we have run out of time. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is the time of Jacob's trouble, and the power of the holy people has been scattered. Neither of these two verses can remotely, even remotely, apply to the Jews. All right? Okay, thank you, Pastor Martins. We'll see you again next Sunday. Thank you, Pastor. Praise Yahweh. Praise Yahweh. All right, folks, take care, and... Have a good weekend and try to stay away from those nasty Edomites. They're big trouble. Alright, bye bye. Okay. I have to kill the uh, recorder.